CanadianEvergreen.com is your trusted news source for all things green, offering up-to-date news and stories from Canada's booming cannabis industry. Content you can trust from Black Press Media. Welcome to PQ Beat, a podcast of the Parksville Qualicum Beach News, the newspaper of record both online and in print for Parksville Qualicum Beach and the surrounding communities. Our coverage represents a treasure trove of natural wonders, interesting people, and a diversity of issues. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for listening. I'm Philip Wolf, editor of the VI Free Daily and PQB News. It's one of the best times of year to be a sports fan. You've got MLB playoffs, the NFL's in full swing, the NBA season is just around the corner. But for many of us, October, more than anything, means the return of NHL hockey. After a pair of seasons affected by the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, the league aims to complete a regular 82-game schedule with its regular divisions, with the expansion Seattle Kraken joining the Pacific Division. With us today to preview the season is a longtime NHL follower, a key member of the Black Press Digital team, and a rarity, a Buffalo Sabres fan outside of Buffalo. Welcome, John McKinley. How you doing, Phil? Good. Good to see you. Yeah, you too. Are you ready for hockey this year after a couple of interesting years? I am very ready. I'm ready for normalcy. I'm ready for watching different teams playing each other, uh, you know, interdivision, interconference play, uh, fans in the buildings, all that stuff. I'm ready. What did you think of last year? We spent most of the time watching the same six or seven teams. Yeah, I felt disconnected. Followed my team religiously like I always do. Didn't get to see firsthand a lot of teams and didn't feel connected with it. Felt felt like I was watching my own little mini league as opposed to the full NHL. We were mentioning off the air ahead of time when we were kids how easy it was to know the names of every single player on every single team. And the last couple of years has definitely made that a little bit more difficult. I can guess you're probably the same as me with your hockey card collection, putting the players out on, on the floor. Here's all your California Golden Seals and your Minnesota North Stars. And it was a great way to learn the league and stuff. But now we, the league's twice as big and the players are coming from all over the place. And, well, I think you said earlier when we were talking earlier, you'll, you'll see a player pop up you've never heard of before. You'll look him up and you'll find out that he's been playing for three years and already got 20 goals. How many thousands of dollars did you waste in your spokes as a kid? You know, I never really did that. That wasn't, wasn't one of my bad habits. Oh, I probably spent half a house sticking. <laughs> did you do the old flip against the wall? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you have to do that. Yeah. I probably ruined three or four Gretzky rookie cards just like that. So. <laughs> Start close to home with our own team in BC here, the Vancouver Canucks, coming off a, a bit of a down season, 23-29-4, seventh in the Scotia North Division, and they missed the playoffs. How do you see them this year? I want to start with a question for you. Why were they so bad last year? Were they as bad as their record? I don't think they were as bad as their record. They struggled mightily against Montreal, which which didn't help. <laughs> and I just don't think that the talent necessarily came together. And Elias Pettersson missed 30 games. You know, Quinn Hughes had a bit of a down year. I think there's a chance for them to bounce back this year. It's really hard to say. I, I think a team like that, when, when you're in a six or seven team division, the matchups really matter. Over an 82-game schedule where you're playing everyone, more of the elite talent, guys like Pedersen and Hughes tend to be a little bit better. Yeah, I think that that's a really good point. I think once they got themselves behind the eight ball, too, they didn't know how to get out of it. That affected them. Short season, not, too, not, not enough time to recover, not enough time to adjust. 
I'm on the same page as you. I thought they were a better team than they showed last year, um, and I think they're improved this year. I think they will be a better team this year. Uh, they've added Oliver ekman Larson, Connor Garland. Do you think those are the two most important additions? Yes. I like Garland. I like his style. I like his fit on that team. Larson's an interesting question. I mean, I don't know about you. This goes back to about not seeing the league as much as before. I remember him being really good. People have been watching him for the last two years say he's not anymore. So that will really be something to watch because if he's if he can revert back to form and where he was a couple of years ago, that's a huge get. If he's as bad as people say he is, it's quite the opposite. They got a gaping hole in their top four. How much would playing in Arizona drag you down? I mean, Garland obviously played well there, but a guy like OEL who's, you know, you're going to lose more of your games than you're going to win. You're playing against the other team's best each and every night. It must be difficult after all those years there. I think as a competitor, there comes a point where you know the odds are stacked against you. It would be easy to sort of slip into a routine and lose a bit of that fire. Um, I don't know if that was the case with him, but uh, Canuck fans are hoping that it was. I think they're really going to like Garland. I'm a bit of a late-night hockey-watching junkie, and I watched a a fair amount of games from the Coyotes, and I really think that uh, they're going to like Garland. I think he plays a modern kind of game, right? Do you have any rookies that you think might make an impact this year? Vasily Podkolzin, maybe? I like Podkolzin as a junior. Like, I like the style he plays. I don't see him making a big impact this year. I think he's going to have a bit of an adjustment. I don't think he's a first-line talent. I, I don't think that's there. I think he'll break in on the bottom half of the of the roster, and, you know, he'll make an impact from time to time, but not consistently. He's got some growing to do. And... Obviously something that's very important for every team, the goaltending. How would you assess their goaltending? Demko was the best thing about the team last year, in my view. I've always liked him right from when they drafted him. He showed that he was worth the investment they made in him two years ago last year. Hope he gets a little bit of support this year. How would you rate uh, GM Jim Benning's offseason? Better than I thought he was going to do. (laughs) You know, he doesn't inspire a ton of confidence, but he was in in a... bad situation with the cap he managed to get rid of a lot and it remains to be seen uh, if those will pay off for him like in terms of what's Ekman Larson got left six years or something like that yeah so we'll see well he did get rid of a lot of the poor contracts he had at the bottom of the lineup which are cap killers when you're overpaying you know your bottom sixers for the impact they have and the value they have on the team he, he got good deals for both Hughes and Pedersen I think any players you think could surprise this year? From the Canucks? Yeah. I, I think Garland will surprise some people because I don't know that people realize how good he is. That's really the only one that comes to mind, though. I think Jack Rathbone might be an interesting player. A lot of hype for him. There's a, there's a opportunity for him to make a difference, for sure. Uh, we've got the Seattle Kraken coming in this year. Uh, how do you see that rivalry? Do you think it'll be red hot right from the get-go, or will it take time and... The old saying is you need to meet in the playoffs before it's an actual rivalry. I think it could be happen before that, but we need the border to open first. Uh, I want to see a game with Canuck fans in that building. Um, I want to see the Kraken being established to the point that Kraken fans actually make their way north. I think that's not happened as fast, but maybe it'll happen down the road. I'm excited. You asked me earlier whether I'd rather go see a game in Vegas or Seattle. I'd rather go see a game in Seattle. Like, that's... It's a good city. There's a good vibe coming up with that franchise. 
I think they did a better job on the expansion draft than most people gave them credit for. And I think they're going to be competitive and in the playoff race. And so are the Canucks. So that'll be a great matchup almost from day one. Okay, let's take a trip around the rest of the league. It's prediction time. Pacific Division, who do you see winning that? Vegas. I think there's too much on that team and too many question marks for the rest of the division. It's theirs until somebody proves they're better than we think they are. Agreed 100%. Will the Edmonton Oilers ever live up to their elite high-end forward talent? Yes. Will it happen this year? I don't know. Like, What do you think? I still think they need goaltending, and I'm not sold on their defense, but it must be frustrating for Connor McDavid to just continue to go through this year after year. Yeah, I mean, they should, they're at a point in his career that they should be a, an automatic playoff team, and they're not. I could easily see them missing. It's hard to, to explain when you have two talents on the top of that lineup as gifted as they do. I think if they miss the playoffs this year, I, I, do you think Ken Holland would even get the get the sack in that case, or is he in it for the long haul? I don't know. I think he probably got a coach firing in them first, and probably a big trade. I mean, don't they have to look at trading Dreisaitl or something like that to change the mix? Dreisaitl for Carey Price, how about that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sticking with the division that houses our two favorite teams, uh, you being the Sabres and myself with the Habs, how do you see the uh, Atlantic division unfolding? I think it's going to be really interesting. Buffalo and Detroit are terrible. Ottawa is not much better. And you've got five teams that are all on a very similar level, I think. I think Montreal's probably the odd man out. They're, they're better made for the playoffs than they are for the regular season. And uh, they might not make it over 82 games. Tampa got worse. They're still the team to beat, but they got worse. Boston got worse. Toronto's treading water and they didn't fix their problems. And who am I forgetting here? Oh, Florida. I like Florida a lot, actually. I think Florida might surprise and win the division. Yeah, Florida's definitely a, a sleeper team. I wouldn't snooze on Ottawa either. I, th- I think they're slowly getting better. I don't think they'll make the playoffs this year, but I think they could surprise. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I like the direction they're going. I like a lot of their players. I think they're in that cycle of teams where we looked at them last year and said, oh, they're better than we thought they were going to be faster, and the hopes get up, and usually a team trips before they take that next step. Could be wrong. Like, they, they do have some interesting players, and they play hard. Like, it looked like they played hard last year. I'll still take Tampa one more year to stay atop the division there. Okay, I'll, I'll go with Florida. I'll take the underdog there. CanadianEvergreen.com is your trusted news source for all things green. Offering up-to-date news and stories from Canada's booming cannabis industry. Content you can trust from Black Press Media. Over to the Metropolitan Division. How do you see that unfolding? Is it just me or is that division completely in flux? I I find it really hard to get a read. How good are the Rangers going to be? How good are the Flyers going to be? Do the Capitals have anything left? Are the Hurricanes a mirage? There's a lot of questions there. New Jersey got better. Did they get improved enough? It's wide open as far as I'm concerned. What do you think? That's definitely the the toughest call, I would say. How much longer can Washington and Pittsburgh hang on with their aging talent? The Rangers and Devils are young. Carolina, they've been good in the last few years, but you never know. I'll just have to stick with the best coach in the league, Barry Trotz, take the Islanders, even though they don't have as much talent. I, I would, if I had to bet, I would bet on on him. Yeah, I, I got to agree with that. I think that uh, Carolina 
could give them a go. I think Carolina could take a step, but as it stands right now, the Islanders are probably my pick coming out of that that side as well. Over to the Central Division. Fresh my memory, who plays in the Central Division? <laughs> well, I like I like Colorado. Other than that, I I, I see them uh, being the best team in that division. Yeah, I got to agree with that. No, Colorado is probably the team that is clearly above the rest of the division more than any other team. Even Las Vegas, we, we talked earlier about Vegas being head and shoulders above the Pacific. I think the gap between Colorado and the rest of the Central is even more. It's an interesting mix. I actually had to check again this morning to remember that Winnipeg plays in the Central. Mm-hmm. I think they would be my bet to be the, the biggest challenger. I think Dallas could bounce back and make the playoffs. Uh, St. Louis is is kind of iffy. Chicago, you know, they would be my wild card. I was going to ask you about Chicago. They made a lot of changes. They they made a lot of changes. They've added Mark Andre Fleury in goal, and Jonathan Taves will be back for the entire year. Mm-hmm. I do think Colorado is head and shoulders above that, but after that, it's a bit of a crapshoot for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, hundred percent. How about a non-playoff team from twenty twenty one that will make the playoffs this year? The Canucks. Is that, is that pandering to our audience? <laughs> Absolutely. For me, it would either be the uh, the Canucks or Dallas bouncing back. Mm-hmm. How about a playoff team from 2021 that won't make the playoffs this time around? Montreal. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> that has to hurt. I think I'd have to agree with you. The Other than that, I would say Nashville. I think Nashville might... Uh, I forgot Nashville made the playoffs. <laughs> Have they not become one of the most generic teams in the league now? They after are. Being, just, being a pretty interesting team a yeah, few years back? Yeah, they're just kind of boring and stuff. Yeah, I think they've lost a lot of personality. P.K. Subban made them interesting briefly, yeah. I would say. Mm-hmm. And then now they're just nondescript. I would struggle to name, you know, seven or eight Predators at this point. Well, and the guys that you can name, guys like Duchesne and Johansson, are, they don't have it anymore. For sure. I mean, and they're paying them to be elite guys. Exactly. And they're definitely not elite guys. Well, it tells you something that they were both left unprotected in the expansion draft and neither of them got a sniff. Yeah. Uh, The Predators would be my candidate for the blow it up team. Mm -hmm. If if they start struggling again, I think David Poyle really has to uh, look at starting all over again there. Yeah, I think so. Um, The other one I'll throw in that direction is, is Calgary. Talk about a team that stays the same. Nothing changes. It's it's just stale. Yeah. How long can you give that? You continue with that core with yes. the Goudreau and Monaghan. You're not really getting anywhere with that. And you've lost your captain in, in Giordano. It, it's hard to see them making much forward progress. One of the teams that the Canucks could certainly climb over top and push down, I think. For sure. Uh, how about a few individual awards here? How, who's going to win the Art Ross Trophy as the scoring champ? Yeah, McDavid. Yeah. Who, who else is in the conversation? It's it's Dreisaitl and only if McDavid misses 10 games. Yes. Something like that. How about the Hart Trophy? Oh, that's more of an interesting one. You really got to like Kinnan. That team's going to be one of the better teams out there. Uh, that's the first name that popped to mind. Definitely, I think Colorado will be better. And I think he's there in terms of elite talent. But yeah, I'll, I'll have to go with McDavid still. I mean, mm-hmm. how could you bet against that? Norris Trophy, best defenseman. McCarr won it last year. I believe Adam Fox from well, the Rangers. Well, Fox won it. That's right. Yeah, you're right about that. Well, I'll go with McCarr then. <laughs> well, we're, we're definitely on the same page. He's just a fantastic. I, I think he's really reflective of the way that the game is going um, in terms of you get defensemen that aren't necessarily huge, but they're small, they're very fast, they're extremely mobile. You know, they, they move the puck. Uh, he's the prototype, the future defenseman. Yeah, the defenseman turned point guard, right? Like yeah. that, that whole, that's the way the game is played right now, and you need a guy like that. And it's, it's interesting that there's been a few of them 
all come out at once. It's a real changing of the guard in terms of the way the game is played, and he's at the front of that. The point guard is a very interesting analogy. That that is really a lot of the way that you know you can build the offense and stuff like that mm-hmm. is is from the back. Yeah, that's good. How about the Vezina Trophy as the best goalie? Ooh, that could be interesting. You know who a dark horse is. I'm not picking him to win the award, but Spencer Knight in Florida. Yeah, he's a fantastic. He is talent. going to emerge this year as a star. I, I'm really high on that guy. He's on a team that's ready to break out. They're going to need him because I don't think Bobrovsky's got it anymore. As for who I actually think is going to win it, I'm not sure. Who are you looking at? I think Vasilevsky is, is probably as, as good a bet as any. They've lost some of their forward depth and some defense at the back, but I still think he's head and shoulders the best goalie in the league. And if you're the best goalie and you've got a really good team, you know, that's that's a legitimate chance. I do like your dark horse, though. That's interesting. What do you do with a $10 million backup goalie? <laughs> what an albatross of a contract that uh, is. Yeah, trade him for somebody else that's worth $10 million and is not doing anything either. I, I don't know what you do. You're kind of stuck, aren't you? I, I think you are. You, you you kind of hope that he develops the same itchiness to equipment that Marian Hossa had. It's entirely possible. And he, and he disappears like that. From hidden local hotspots to outrageous wildlife rescues and trend-setting hotels, westcoasttraveler.com shares the latest travel news from your local community and beyond. Travel the spectacular west coast of the U.S. and Canada without leaving your armchair and start taking notes for your next adventure. Make your next vacation or staycation the best it can be. Visit westcoasttraveler.com. One more trophy. How about the Rocket Richard Trophy for most goals? McDavid is a choice for almost every award, but uh, I, I think I'll go a little outside for that one. You go a little outside with who? Austin Matthews. I don't think that's going outside. I think he's the best goal scorer in the NHL. How about you? I will agree with that. I will pick Austin Matthews. How about, since we're both in agreement a little too much here, how about picking a second candidate each? Well, I hear Cole Caulfield's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) David Pasternak, I'll take him as as a second choice. Pasternak is a good player. Now let's quickly talk about uh, something that's been in the news lately is is your Sabres. Uh, What's going to happen with Jack Eichel? I think Jack Eichel is going to give the NHL insider types a lot of clicks because I think there's going to be a, a lot of talk and very little action for a long time. He needs to get healthy before he can be moved. He needs to have a course of treatment before he can get healthy. I don't see any way that he's the two teams are going to come to an agreement with that. Um, they're both hoping that he can be traded. I don't think there's any team that's going to play full price for Jack until he's healthy and Buffalo isn't going to accept discount price for him. So how do you see that unfolding? Do they agree that, okay, let's say he can get the course of treatment he wants, but then he has to come back and show that he's healthy before he'll get traded? Or does he maybe get traded at a slight discount to a team that will go with his course of treatment? I think that that Buffalo is not going to give in on the price end of things. I think Buffalo is planning to be bad this year they're expecting to be bad and whether they have him in the lineup or not whether they have the return for the trade for him or not it's not going to change that so there isn't a lot of pressure on them to make a trade to be better nobody expects them to be good I think that there's a lot of personal pressure like Eichel's putting a lot of pressure on himself to get back to start playing hockey again I think the fact that he's 
probably not going to play in the Olympics is a huge deal to him. I think he's willing to give in on just about anything to be traded except the surgery. So it's a stalemate, and I don't know what's going to break it. One of the things we've seen recently is players like Eichel willing to speak out or stand up for themselves, you know, maybe more than they have in the past. A former Sabre, Robin Leonard, spoke out recently, kind of lambasting the league a little bit. What do you think of that situation? I think that there are elements of truth in what Leonard's talking about, but he didn't express himself very well and probably spoke some things that weren't true. He seems to have had good follow-up from his spouting off. He's had some people in power say to him, look, we share the same concerns that you're hearing out there. What really are those concerns and what can we do about them? And hopefully things get moving in that direction because I, I do think that there's business pressures on players and teams to make decisions that aren't always in the best interest of, of the player. He's also brought to light concerns about mental health. Uh, how important do you see that is? I know Jonathan Drouin for the Canadians um, missed the playoffs last year, admittedly had anxiety issues. Do you think it's a good thing that more and more players are coming forward with things like that? Well, I, I think that's kind of where I was trying to go with, with my earlier answer. I, um, it's not just the take this medication and you'll be better. It's, it's the other things that are going on mentally in terms of players' mental health, not just their physical health. I think hockey, just like society, is becoming more aware of those pressures and, and adapting to it. Even if it wasn't coherent, for lack of a better word, what he had to say, the concern is real. You want people to be healthy and you want people to be happy and you want people to be in comfortable work situations and environments and you need people to talk about it if change is going to happen. All right, let's finish up on a bit of a lighter note. What's the best way to watch a hockey game? I made a decision a number of years ago that I was going to start watching my hockey games on a treadmill. Instead of sitting on the couch for two and a half hours, having some snacks, doing nothing and watching my game, I would be on the treadmill walking six miles or whatever it is during that time and getting the best of both worlds. And that lasted for a couple of years and it did real well. I enjoyed it. I thought it was the best way to watch a hockey game until I got my new big screen TV and, <laughs> and now I watch it on that <laughs> instead of the rinky dink computer screen. That's interesting. And what's the go-to snack? I can't say that I have one. Do you? Not really. Yeah. Just, you know, the ubiquitous chips, I guess, would, would be that. In terms of watching a game, when I was younger, I used to like to watch it with a bunch of people. Now, I don't like to watch it with anybody else because I like to break it down and, you know, have my emotions, when you know, you, swinging on, on what I'm thinking and stuff like that. When I am watching just a generic hockey game, I like to watch it with my buddies. It's fun. Yeah. But when I'm watching my team play, I'd way rather watch it That's by 100%. Myself. If there's emotion yeah. involved, yeah. you know, everybody. I got I to be plugged right in. Everybody get away from me. Yeah. Yeah. And lastly, Stanley Cup champion. I'm going to go with Tampa. I don't feel strongly about that, but I think that they're the best team in the league until somebody beats them. All right, I'm going to go with Colorado, and the winner gets Tim Bits. John, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. That's this edition of PQ Beat, produced by the Parksville Qualicum Beach News. Thank you for joining us. If you have suggestions for topics or guests, we would like to hear from you. You'll find our contact information on our website, pqbnews.com.
The West Coast Traveler is an adventure in itself with content created by professional journalists and amazing photos provided by our readers. WestCoastTraveler.com is the newest travel network exploring all corners of Western Canada and the U.S. You'll see stunning photos and videos, read engaging travel features from around Western Canada and the U.S., experience all the West Coast has to offer. Begin planning your next adventure. Visit WestCoastTraveler.com.